Hello and welcome to Let It Be. This is episode number one. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Kelly. Welcome to you too. I'm very excited to be here. So good to talk to you and be in the same room. I know. You guys wouldn't know, but Brooke and I live on completely the opposite sides of the country. And when you're on the opposite sides of Australia, you are a, a long, long, long way <laughs> away from each other. So this is a, a massive, massive treat. It's awesome. Awesome. Sitting Sydney Harbour. Not literally in the harbour, but... But yeah, we are literally in the shadows of the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Everyone knows the Sydney Harbour Bridge and we can we would be able to see the Opera House from where we are, but there's actually a giant cruise ship docked in is it Darling Harbour? Is that what that That's is? That's Circular Quay. Oh Circular yep. Quay, yeah. So I don't know my Sydney very well. But um yeah, we'd be able to see the Opera House but for giant cruise ship. So it's very rude. So we're going to start the show with just a small topic, nothing, nothing too heavy. <laughs> oh, hang on, we are. Uh, legacy. Yeah, well, why not start the show and start the whole series of this podcast with a big topic? And I mean, it's a defining topic, isn't it, Legacy? Absolutely. Because it's really, when it comes down to it, it's the purpose of our whole life is what we're leaving behind. And I know from talking to people that, well, certainly from the people that read my blog, the number one thing they keep telling me is... I just don't know what my purpose in life is. Mm. And I think if we go, we do all these exercises looking for purpose, but if we actually shifted that a bit and started thinking about legacy instead, I do wonder that that's a better way to go about it. Oh, I, I absolutely think it is. Like the idea of legacy gives uh, like perspective and mm. um, I guess – a 10,000 foot view of things whereas purpose you're like what am I meant to be doing right now you know yeah. what, like, what is my purpose in this moment in this day in this week uh, whereas legacy is like what am I working to build what am I working to leave behind and create to leave behind yeah. and I think that's where the power of it is I mean I talk about legacy a lot um, both like in my blog and uh, in the workshops that I run mm-hmm. it's one of the biggest parts we kind of start by asking people to work out what their legacy is and it's always such a massively like, emotional thing mm-hmm. but um, it's also really uh, like kind of a, like kicking the guts is the wrong word but yeah. it really stops people in their tracks and they're like what what is my legacy what really matters what am I trying to build to leave behind and yeah seeing people come to those realizations is huge you know and I know I've had moments in my life where that's been the case for me so um, yeah that's one of the reasons that I'm big big fan of talking about legacy yeah so do you do you define legacy if, if we're going to put it in a nutshell do you think it's what we're leaving behind do you think that's a good way to sum it up or do you think there's a bit more to it than that um like yeah I think that's a really good way to sum it up I think when we start to consider it we tend to go one of two ways we either think like um, you know, life legacy and like what what we're leaving behind in terms of family or you know that kind of thing, and then people think about work legacy and that, mm-hmm. and um, it's just interesting to see people grapple with that and try yeah. and kind of bring it together or realize that they're in opposite directions, um, and that's something I think that people battle with a lot. Yeah. Well, you mentioned in one of your workshops that someone, when they first had to write down something, they wrote down, what was it? Oh, she was a really hard worker. Yeah. So I, I asked people to write down maybe the first like, three or four sentences that summed up their eulogy. Um, 
which is it's, it's a pretty confronting thing to ask people to do and you know if it helps we ask them to think about it in terms of legacy instead of eulogy but um she sat down and the first thing she wrote was you know kathy is a hard worker mm-hmm. and she got really upset by that cause she's like is that it? It? Is that what I'm working? Is that what I want to be remembered for? And when you know she she kind of was sitting there looking at those words on the page, she's like, "That's that's not it at all." You know, it's just that moment for her to start thinking about well, the things that I'm putting my effort into, they're not bad things, but what else is there? Like, yeah, what what am I actually? You know, what do I want to be remembered for? Exactly. What do I want people to say I brought to this world? Because I know um, in the wake of the you know, we're recording this in a few weeks ago, the Paris bombings. And of course, as when these things happen, we all get very confronted and we all start thinking to ourselves, you know, gosh, if I'm taking a bit suddenly, what, what do I leave behind? And I was talking to someone about it and we got talking about, you know, that whole concept of legacy and what gets left behind. And she, she actually got really emotional because she was like, well, I just don't think I'm leaving anything Mm. behind and I kind of looked at her and went but you know look at the very very least you're leaving children behind and you've raised those children to be good people and to do good things in the world so there's that at the very least but I could see her it was quite confronting to her because I could kind of see that she felt that if she was taken today that she kind of wouldn't be missed Mm. because she felt like she wasn't really contributing anything to the world which when it is terrible because there's i can't think of anybody in the world who's not contributing in some kind of meaningful way to the world so yeah i I found that confronting because i was just like oh my god i couldn't imagine myself kind of how how do you get through each day if you don't know why you're here but i know from talking to people that a lot of people are in that situation of they don't Mm. know why they're here so that's why i love yeah the the exercise that you do in your workshops because it it just reframes it a bit it takes it away from like what's my purpose in life to yeah what's the gift i'm giving to the world every day and what's the gift that i've left you know i'm leaving behind and it's also about what like what don't you want to leave behind as Mm. well you know i think the beauty of thinking about like fast forwarding to the end of your life which you know hopefully is like a a long long way way away exactly (laughs) you know and and full of wonderful things in the in the interim but like fast forwarding to that moment gives you the benefit of hindsight but you can actually do something but about it's it. it's like hindsight but foresight That's at the right. same time. That's right, yeah. Which is so incredibly powerful because it becomes a, a real decision-making tool and a real filter for for everything. Because, I mean, we all know in this world that we live in right now, we're just bombarded with all the things we could be doing, all the things we should be doing. It's easy to see all the things that other people are doing and our peers especially. So we see our peers doing things or achieving things and we think, gosh, that's those are things I should be aiming for or trying to do as well but then if you look through it for the filter of you know what it is you want to leave behind and what you're bringing to the world then all of a sudden you get to be able to step back and be intentional about it exactly right instead of just you know being caught up in the wave of what everyone else is doing exactly and it's just like it's just a touchstone if you if you have an idea of what you're creating the kind of life that you want to live then when you're faced with difficult decisions or, you know, a choice that you're really unsure of, like, which, which like, side of the fork in the road to take, yeah. you kind of refer back to it. And it's a, like, it's a touchstone. It's a compass. It's a point that you can go, well, what 
fits with you know this this idea of legacy like what yeah. fits with this thing that I'm building and wanting to leave behind and sometimes that's enough to to help you decide yeah. on on a course of action and often it, it's like it's maybe it makes it simpler but it doesn't make it easier no which I think is beautiful because so often building something that's worthwhile is not easy you know and I think that applies to life as well yeah and I think actually you bring up that fork in the road thing and actually I wrote I wrote about decision making and choosing between two kind of if you're agonizing between two different ways of going quite often both those directions are going to take you somewhere good so it's almost like if you know where you're going in life and what you want your legacy to be, you might actually find yourself confronted with two choices. And if you actually step back and look at those two choices, you might realise that both those choices are going to actually take you, are, are going to support your legacy. And I don't know if that would necessarily make it simpler, but it means you can kind of go, just choose whichever and because they're fine. both going to exactly. get you there. They're both actually going to get you where you want to go. So that's quite a powerful thing to know as well. Yeah. Deci- all decision-making is is we're trying to get the absolute most out of our future. And if you kind of dial it back to, you know, that kind of big worldview, legacy kind of thinking, you realise that you don't have to get the absolute most out of your future. Like, But two futures can be pretty equally good. Yeah. And that's quite freeing because then you get to go, look, you know, moving overseas or staying here, both of them are going to make me happy. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I think if you put, like, if we start to put, you know, some kind of quantifiable like happiness factor on yeah. things and that's and what we're trying to do when we're yep. decision making we're trying to think well this is that that one's going to make me 97 percent happy and <laughs> that one there is is only going to make me 95 percent happy so oh which is the 97 percent one and and then you kind of you know if you're able to step back and you know you know what your per- defining purpose in life and you know what it is that you're trying to achieve and leave behind and you know what you're trying to model for your kids and yeah you know, things like that then all of a sudden all those decisions can actually become a lot simpler because you know it's they're not so life and death anymore i think we do put a lot of life and death into the decisions that we make and <laughs> exactly. when they're actually they're just not life and death yeah they're, they're choosing between two alternate very very happy futures yeah exactly and i think that like the the exercise of thinking at towards the end of your life kind of puts all of that in perspective too because you kind of take this ten thousand foot view and the things that we agonize over they don't they don't like they don't even rate a mention anymore yeah that's it i mean yeah it's that whole you know looking back on your deathbed and you know no one on their deathbed's going gee i wish i worked harder exactly it's like that Bronnie where you know top five regrets of the dying post it's like that if you haven't read it is absolutely Mm. worth um looking up because it's the most beautiful perspective yeah you know delivered by people who are there like at the end and they've learned they've figured it out you know, and it's just sad that they figured it out at that's the end of their right. life. And that, I think that's the beautiful thing about where we're at. And I guess kind of what we're trying to achieve with this podcast is if there's one thing that we can, that we want people to take away is that, you know, just don't wait till it's too late. We're all in a position to do something now to, you know, live the, live the better life, live the bigger life, live the life that, and when I say live the bigger life, it's not, you know, the um on a yacht in the Bahamas life <laughs> it you know it's kind of the life that really makes us happy the life that I always think of it as you know the life that we want to model for our kids and 
I don't want to you know, be that person that's, you know, everything is about my kids and that's all I do. But I, I do think a lot about who are the who are the people I want my kids to be when I grow up? What are the values that I want them to have? And what, what do I want them to bring to this world? Things like kindness mm. is obviously pretty big for me. Um, kindness and empathy. And I kind of often come back to, I heard, I think it was Joel Soslovsky. <laughs> get, get an easier to say name, Joel. Come on. Um, and I heard him once say in a podcast that his definition of success is being able to, and I'm paraphrasing, um, is being able to notice when other people need help and be mm-hmm. able to give that help. And I think that's such a magic definition of success because I think, you know, you can have all the money in the world, you can have achieved all your goals, but if you've, you know, if you're so in your own head that you don't have time to notice the people around you and notice when they need assistance and need help, then you're not really, I just don't think you're really, you've achieved that that success. Yeah. And so, yeah. I look at the people I want my kids to be. I want them to be the kind of people that, you know, are able to achieve their goals but able to notice when people around them need help and provide that help. Um, and if that's what I want for my kids, then I've got to model that mm-hmm. behaviour to them. So, yeah, and I guess that's a kind of a good segue to talk about Mark Zuckerberg because yes. he just um, – he and his wife – is it Connie? I think oh, so. Gosh. I, I hope it's know. Connie. Um, Let's say it is. Um, no, his wife is Priscilla. It's not even close to being Connie. I have no idea where that came from. But anyway, they just had their first baby and they've said that they're going to give away 99% of the shares, their shares in Facebook. So not all the shares in Facebook, but their shares to good causes. And the whole reason they're doing this is because they're looking at the world as it is now and they just want to make it better, not just for their daughter, their new baby girl, but they want to make it better for everyone. And I love some of the things that Mark Zuckerberg highlighted in there. And will I be able to find some of those things? No. Um, But, you know, they were things... That was kind of the things like kindness. Like he was basically, you know, it was things like discrimination. He's like, it's very hard to be your best self if you're being discriminated against work, whether it's for your gender, whether it's for your race, whether it's for your um, sexual orientation. It's very hard to be your best self if you're living, you know, if you're fighting against living in poverty. So no matter how, how you try, you're being pulled back. So he's saying if he can help, eliminate all these these challenges like you know we're not trying to eliminate the challenges of trying something and failing it's these basic kind of life challenges that some people have those of us who are privileged Mm -hmm. we don't have these challenges but so many people in the world do so if he can eliminate those challenges then more people in the world are able to bring the best of themselves to the world And the more people in the world who are able to do that, just, you know, the flow-on effect from that is just Well, you think of the people who currently can't achieve, you know, their potential. Their potential, yeah. And you you imagine if they're put in a position where they can, like they're given the opportunity. Can you imagine the people and the changes and, you know, the the amazing things that are just waiting there, like locked up because people aren't able to to release that potential in the moment. Like what an amazing thing to do for the world. Oh, absolutely. And I just, yeah, I just think it's mind-boggling that, yeah, his commitment to doing this. But then I also think to myself, that's great that Mark Zuckerberg can do this. He's got the means to do this. But that doesn't – but just because – 
it's not good enough for us to look at him and go, well, great, that's great, Zuckerberg, you go, go nuts. Yeah, well, of you, course you can do it because yeah. you're super wealthy. You, yeah. you make a difference to the world, but I think we also have to take it upon ourselves to do the same. Because yeah. so. it doesn't mean it doesn't need to be like a huge financial contribution or leaving behind our estate to you know mm. charity or like whatever. It, it doesn't need to be those things. It can be just like you were saying, a simple matter of raising children who are kind and compassionate and that's right and who aren't discriminatory exactly so, there's so many things and it's in just the, a generational yeah, change that we right. can actually help affect in the world you yeah, know, just we, by raising those kind of kids yeah. and being those kind of people we know so much more now about you know just the subtle things in our language the way yep. you know the, the phrases that we use things like you know um you know don't don't run like a girl yeah you know, exactly, which, which is I, such a common thing we've we've all heard it said. We've all ha- heard it said to you. Know, our dad said it to our brothers, mm-hmm. and you know, but just f- simple things like that are damaging long term. Yep. And if we eliminate that from our language in the way that we speak to our kids, and we take out all these subtle little discriminatory things that we kind of don't even think about because they're so commonplace, but just because they're commonplace doesn't mean they're right. So, you know, Mark Zuckerberg can remove, help remove discrimination from the world on a very macro level, yeah. but we still all have the ability to do it on a very micro level and, I, and hugely impact the world. You know, all, you know, a million of us just influencing our kids positively is actually more powerful than what Zuckerberg can exactly. do on yeah. a global level with all his money. So I think that's powerful to know that that's a huge part of our legacy is, yeah, what we leave behind with our kids in that how our kids grow up to treat each other um, and treat people that they don't necessarily understand because I think it's so easy to treat people who are like us really well because we get each other we understand each other but if we also teach our kids to treat the people that they don't understand with compassion and kindness as a first stop as opposed to a you know, they get there eventually kind of thing. Yeah, but you start out with fear yeah, and then, yeah. that's right, and then move on to compassion after that. But if, if we teach, and our kids are totally up for this because that's kind of their, kids treat people they don't understand with curiosity. Exactly. And they learn to treat people they don't understand with fear because they model the behaviour of adults around them. So if we allow them to, you know, hold on to that curiosity and then, you know, and then move on to compassion from there... I think that's hugely, hugely powerful. And I think if we, if just everybody did that and did nothing else, that's a huge legacy yeah. for the, you know, for anybody to leave behind before you just did anything else. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and I guess that kind of speaks into the idea that we were talking about before of, you know, um, like a eulogy life and a resume life yeah. as well and which one we're spending more time building because like what we're talking about now is a eulogy life, you know, someone who yeah. left behind compassion and kindness and yeah. behaved in that way like their entire life. But I think so many of us put so much time and effort into building our resume life. Like, yeah. like the woman who's like, Kathy was a hard worker. Yeah, you know, yeah. And she realised, I'm talking about, like she might not have realised it in these terms, but you know, this is a resume, like I'm writing a resume, I want to write a eulogy, you know, and I think to to kind of put those two things um, in separate kind of areas is really important because there's nothing wrong with having a good resume. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But but. it's interesting because I I, I posed this question the other day to someone where I said, can you be a successful person but not have a successful life? Mm. And they asserted that 
Yeah, you could because you could, and I guess from the point of view at that, you could be a successful person in that you could have all the outward trappings of success in that financial success or professional success, etc. but not be happy. Yeah. And I guess that was the distinction because I was like, really, can you, how can you be a, you know, a successful person and not have a successful life? But they said, you know, that was their distinction that they made. And I guess that's the distinction that the the eulogy life versus the resume life leaves is that it's all well and good to build this resume of achievements. And I I know for me, I'm a very goal-oriented striver type person who's like, what's the next goal? What's the next goal? What's the next goal? And I've really learned to pull back over the years and go, you can't go after everything Mm -hmm. because then you've got no time for the living and exactly. the, you know, the being side of human, you know, so the whole human doing instead of being things. So, I, yeah, I like that. That was a New, New Yorker op-ed by um, David Brooks where he's the one that he talks about that resume life versus that eulogy life. And I really, really loved, you know, the way that he phrased it. You can, I was going to say, you can look it up on the web. Just look at David Brooks' eulogy life and you'll find it. And if I wanted to... I tried pulling out quotes from that article and then I ended up highlighting the whole thing. Exactly. So I it did just, the same thing. <laughs> it just wasn't worth it. So just read the article and I think it'll it'll really hit you between the eyes and you it, you might recognise some of your own behaviour in it. Um, well, because he talks about those people that he meets occasionally, you know, those people yeah. who just radiate goodness. Like, That's right. And inner contentment because exactly. that was another thing. Like, you know, I asked people – I was actually really surprised at this because when I said – I asked people, you know, what do you think is a successful life and – they are, the overwhelming response that I got, and maybe I was asking a very certain kind of person, but the overwhelming response was a perceived contentment. Mm. And I, re- I, I mean, that to me is a successful life, certainly, but I was really interested to find that that's what other... Because I said to them, when you look at another person and you consider them to be a successful person, what is it about them? Like, you know, are they financially well off are they achieving all the things that you want to achieve and they kind of went well sort of but it was more the fact that they it was the people that seemed very content they were the people that they felt Mm. you know were were leading that successful life and that's what David Brooks mentions in this piece that you know it's these people who radiate contentment are the ones that he feels are yeah are living that beautiful eulogy life Oh, because I think when you're content, you 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 stop comparing and you stop mm. beating yourself up and you stop like you're not you don't stop trying you know yeah. you don't necessarily stop being ambitious but you stop um, coming at it from a like a from a negative you know yeah. place of of not having enough yeah that's and when right. you're in that place even if you've got goals that you're trying to achieve like you can you can look at the world and at people with a more generous kind of yeah well your eyes are more open you know exactly i always talk about it as lifting your eyes like you know uh, as i mentioned i i can be very goal-oriented and when i'm when i'm in the goal-oriented mode i'm in my own head i i'm very vague i'm walking around with my eyes down because i'm just thinking about myself and what i'm wanting to do and when I'm feeling more content and more at peace with the world, you know, my eyes are up. I make eye contact so with people. I yeah. can smile at people. Um, I notice what's going on around me. I, I notice that someone might, you know, they're not quite themselves mm. and I can just reach out to them and say, 
just didn't look yourself today is everything okay and it's those little tiny kindnesses it's not the big massive you know like oprah giving yeah. them in a car kind of kindnesses it's it, i think it's those tiny little kindnesses that really do make the world a better place um and allow us to and i think they're know. the ones that actually show contentment like yeah. I, genuinely i think the big like big generous giving is great and fine but I really think personally I get a sense of contentment, of quiet contentment from people when they they, they have time for those little acts of kindness or, you know, those Definitely. like making a phone call or, you know, sending an email, are you okay, how are you going, let's go and have a coffee yeah. kind of thing. But just that being open, I think yeah. that's and, – and the times in my life where I've felt content, that's exactly – it's what yeah. you're able to do, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Because yeah. I know what the flip side is. And like you and I have both just had Novembers from hell. <laughs> and uh, November. <laughs> and um, yeah, stuff you November, you suck. <laughs> um, but I just know that in November, like I noticed, I was able to notice that, that people were struggling, but I was just no position to reach out exactly. to them. I was not in a position to extend any level of kindness to them because I was too busy trying to keep my own head above water and I was too busy hating the world because of all these people who are inconveniencing my life by being incompetent, um, <laughs> amongst other things. Um, and, and you know, I, I resented them because I knew that I wasn't being the best version of myself that I could be and I, and I felt that they were taking that away from me, whether, you know, I have to take a little bit of responsibility for that, but I did do a lot of deep breathing and a lot of Zen work and it, you know, it usually works and it didn't. So I think that's an indication of just how much, how many shenanigans we're going on. But yeah, I just feel like, yeah, when we're all under pressure and caught up in life and we find ourselves noticing people but not being able to reach out for them, I think that's a real mm. um, red flag insofar as, you know, that whole kindness legacy. I mean, we, I'm careful to not. I don't want everyone to be perfect because we're just going to have those moments say, Exactly. In life. Those things do happen. But I think yeah. it's like a matter of being able to look back over the last 12 months or five years or whatever and yeah. say, which was the majority. And I yeah. think, you know, that kind of level of balance is so much more important than like the micro day to day level because there's going to be days that suck and months that yeah, suck. And like, whole we months. Both, yeah. Like we both just had horrible, horrible Novembers. Um, and that happens. And I think, like, over time, yes, you need to work on ways of dealing with that better and I think we're both still working on that ourselves yeah. like but so yeah careful not to say that you need to be perfect all the time because yeah. that doesn't happen either and that's yep. sort of a different pressure to put ourselves under exactly um you know yeah but it's it's I think if you can look back and go well that was a blip or that was you know a momentary yeah Kind and of. It's a, and I think the important thing is when you catch yourself. Yes, like, ex- I exactly do, that awareness. Because yeah, I think both of us have been have had a period in our lives where we kind of got sucked right into the vortex of, you know, stress and anxiety and depression, and we weren't in a position to catch ourselves. And I think the fact that we can both sit here and look back at November and go, "Yeah, you suck, November," but you know, we're feeling a lot better about the <laughs> world right and upwards, now. December. <laughs> yeah, come on, December, you can do this for us. Um, you know, look, we're in Sydney talking to each other in real life. Everything's are already on the improve. Um, but I think the fact that we can, we're both able to look back and go, "Yeah, it wasn't the best of times," but you know, we're we're, we're back on even keel now. I think that's a big big improvement in how we're living our lives yeah because in the past i think we would have just kind of kept going with that i just would have like just spiraled down into this sinkhole of resentment and hatred yeah that's it (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I think that's the important thing to strive for is not so, as you said, we're not going to be perfect in how we deal with things and life is, it doesn't tend to throw one challenge at us at a time it does tend to throw like six at a time and you're always sitting there going well you know what I could deal with one of these quite (laughs) happily but all you six things at one time what the hell is going on but yeah I think as it's I think when we're in that those six things and we're struggling a bit but we're still able to go girl I'm not being my best self today and I'm not happy with what's going on but you know what tomorrow will be better exactly and and the next day will be better hopefully um yeah I think it's the whole catching ourselves and adjusting and make you know doing the little kindnesses to ourselves (laughs) because I think this is a big thing with legacy is where we kind to ourselves because I don't think we want to look back on a life where we were kind to everybody but not ourselves. Yeah, but kind of hated ourselves yeah. and never gave ourselves that time. And it's it's huge because mm. I also think like, if you're empty, you you might do all the generous things, yes. but it builds resentment over time. Well, I mean, with me, mm. it does. Yeah. If, if I'm continuing to do things that like I'm proud of for other people mm. and they're great things, but I am empty and like, continuously just running on empty. At some point, I switch from generosity to, to, resentment. to resentment very quickly. And, and I think that's a really important distinction to make. And I know we, you know we're trying to keep these podcasts at around 20, 30 minutes. We might be pushing now, but I think that's. This conversation I had with this person who I was talking to her about legacy and I could just see the look on her face that went, I've got nothing. I'm not, you know, if I go now, there's just, no one's going to miss me. No one's going to notice anything gone from their life. Um, That's her not being kind to herself. Absolutely. Not, she's a very giving person and a very um, selfless person and looks after everyone very well. Um, But yeah, doesn't give herself the same kind as she gives other people and I think that's a really important thing to remember yeah and that might even be a really good place to to finish finish up up. (laughs) and uh, don't forget you can connect with us on social media if you so wish Uh, Kelly's at Kelly Exeter on Twitter and Instagram and A Life Less Frantic on Facebook and I'm at Brooke McCallery on Twitter and Instagram as well and Slow Your Home on Facebook And, I mean, I know we're only just getting started, but if you're enjoying the show so far and want to help spread the word and get us in front of more people, um, it would be awesome if you could leave us a rating or a review in iTunes. Thanks for listening. See you next week. For your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.